17. Listen for the word of God. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. People acting badly with the words that they say. Words have so much more meaning than we realize. You can look at someone and they'll look at you and, and you'll have a look in your eye and they won't know what it means. And if you say something kind, you see their whole countenance just brighten. And if you say something cutting, you can see them just pull inward. Words that we say matter. The words that we live matter. I want to back into this story through an event last night at the pageant of the masters. Mary and I won a free drawing and we won tickets to the pageant and it was like bingo night pageant of the masters and here James Ingram and it was really hard we we struggled for approximately a hundredth of a second before we um, came to the difficult conclusion that we would actually go to the pageant of the masters and I had never heard James Ingram and, and there are a lot of singers when you hear them on the radio and you hear their records where you realize you know, they got an amazing voice, and you hear them in person, and you realize, oh, okay, they, they, there's somebody behind the, the mixer that's really making them sound good. James Ingram is not one of those people. His voice was like, wow. Wow. And it became very clear in about two minutes that James Ingram was going through probably early stages of dementia. He had two monitors in front of him. One monitor was giving sound, and the other monitor was giving him every word that he was saying. There was somebody in the back by the mixer 
who was controlling literally every word. And his wife, Jane Gingram's wife, was sitting beside. Was sitting beside. They had been married a long time. They were childhood sweethearts. And the words that James was singing were right there. And without those words on that screen, we would not have heard that voice. And the band, the bass player was one, he was, he was running the show, he was doing all the cues for the band that James would have normally done. And it was a sad and a beautiful thing because his wife was so filled with pride at what he was doing and what he was singing and, and what it did for the audience. I mean, we were up there and we were dancing and it, was, it didn't matter. If anything, it made the performance that much more precious. Modern technology allowed James Ingram to continue to sing. He introduced the first song that he wrote for Quincy Jones that he has sung 7,000 times and every word he had to read. The power of words on that screen built a community and his band, which were amazing, one of the uh, keyboardists is a keyboardist for The Tonight Show. So that gives you an idea of the quality of the musicians. But that band had his back. In 56 years of marriage, how many times have you had each other's back? More than 10? I'm guessing. And I'm guessing there are times when, you know, the, you, you finish each other's sentences after a while. You know, when you just can't figure out what you're supposed to say and they just finish the, you know, the, your sentence dies away and you know it. When they first met. When they first met. Right. Right. The words we say matter. Jesus is at the synagogue. We don't know whether this woman even showed up to be healed that day. She might have just showed up on the Sabbath because that's when you worship. And Jesus looks at her and he says, wow. You know, be made, yeah, he probably did say, wow. You know, 18 years, be well. Daughter, hunch no more. Then he lays hands on her. He speaks the words first. Then he lays hands. And the leader in it, and if the leader in the synagogue had said it once, Jesus probably would have let him get away with it. But it says in Scripture that he kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which to be healed, but not on the Sabbath. Is that a correct interpretation of the law? Because you've got a 50-50 chance. Don't know, but it's, it's contrary to... Uh, it's contrary to anything that I ever read. Exactly. 
Exactly. You are allowed to save a life on the Sabbath. What it says on the Sabbath is that you're not supposed to do work on the Sabbath. That is supposed to be a gift to us and to honor God. How many of you would like not to have to work <laughs> on the Sabbath? You know? Sometimes it's a lot of work not to work on the Sabbath. Actually, I worked at a, at a you know, you know Bonnet Birth Camp, and I was a waterfront director, and it's like, Jeff, there were things, I would tell the camp director, there are things I actually have to do today. You know, we're going to do our program tomorrow. But um, you are allowed to heal someone on the Sabbath. This is a religious leader that doesn't know. That doesn't know. And this happens a lot. I hate to tell you this as a religious leader. There are a lot of things that come from our mouths that are just full of something that doesn't, that, that isn't true, okay? The words we say matter. And the question that I have is, did his words build up his community or did it tear it down? Do the words that we say build up our community or does it tear it down? That's the question. I mean, I was, again, James Ingram last night, without those words that were given to him, we would not have had his voice. And there are words of encouragement that we can give. I will bet in seven years, seven years these kids were just this close to saying we're done. We're done. And the words might have been, if you need to stop trying, we understand, but if you want to keep going, we will continue to pray for you. Today during the announcements, I love the announcements. Sometimes the announcements gets a little, gets a little today the announcements got a little out there. Okay, they did. But we are supporting the people that we love with our words in our announcements. Joe's going to college. I want you all to know that my friend that I've supported for these years is going to college. He got a job and he's going to college and his life is doing this. And I want you to know that it means something to me. And it means something higher up the food chain as well. We got a girl that's leaving the hood. You know, there are all the reasons in the world to think, well, she's, she's going to hit shell shock. She's, it's going to, you know. But we name it, celebrate it, laud it, and pray for it. The power of the words that we speak make a difference. It's a lot more fun to be in Steel Magnolia where Olympia Dukakis says, if you don't have anything nice to say about somebody, come sit by me. <laughs> you know, that can be a lot of fun for about 10 minutes, and then you realize, ooh, this starts feeling, you know, at first it's kind of fun, but after a while it starts feeling kind of icky, doesn't it? After a while, it's like, ooh. 
your spirit starts sinking. It's not lifting anybody up, and it makes you laugh, but after a while it's like, I feel creepy. We have the ability with our words and with our actions to build a community of faith, of love, of support, and when things go bad to say, my friend took his life and I feel awful. You need to know how hard it is to be a person that wants to just eat from the marrow, suck the marrow out of life, and realize that somebody felt so lost that they gave up. My words need you to know that that is so horrible that I need you to pray for me and pray for the family. Words that we speak matter. We have words on the screen. Some people don't like the words on the screen, but some people, that's the best way for them to get it. So we do it. And it was delightful in the very first song when we didn't know where the words were supposed to be. And Brenda's going, I don't know what slide I'm supposed to be on. It didn't matter. But you realize, I am lost. But you, know, you want the words to be there because the words, this is the air I breathe. God is breathing through us. It matters. It all matters because it builds us into a community where we realize that a woman is more important than a rule, however interpreted. It just is. It matters. In the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Beginning of John, it's a gospel, I think. So I've been told. These are words to live by. Let our words be gentle. Let our words build community. Let our words build And we'll be a people of life. And if we do that, there's nothing we can't do with God's help. And that's good news. Amen.